Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. That feels like a Friday because this is our last show of the week. Jack and I are both heading out of town for some events that we must partake in. It's very exciting. It's a Thursday that feels like a Friday. And that's the sort of energy that we're going to bring to you today. Like Constantly. a little got to get down on Thursday energy. We've got to get down on Thursday. We've got to free Britney. There's so much to do on the docket today there's so that I'm actually do. feeling overwhelmed. I know. And I'm looking forward to it because there's been a dearth. There has been a dearth in things to talk about. And there's been a surplus of mindlessness. But we've been making do with it. We have been. And it's always so fun. And like I personally like you know, the challenge of finding stories outside of the norm. I know you do. Um, but there's a lot to talk about today. One, the Britney stuff is just mind-blowing. Like, it's it's crazy how much we now know. Yes. You know? She speaks. She spoke, and so we're going to talk all about that. But also, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I really need to unpack how I'm feeling. Yeah, because I had a major shift of heart. I had, I was going back and forth. Like, really, at one point, I was like, Oh my god! I take back everything I said. Like, yes. Are you talking about Crystal and Sutton? No. Oh, what are you talking about? Erica. Oh my god! No, that was community theater at its finest. I didn't even really give any like. I wasn't even listening because whatever you're telling me, it's a fucking lie. You didn't leave him because he didn't say love you back when you dropped him off at work. You left him because he stole money from widows and orphans and you quite possibly knew about it. Like, that was literally acting. I'm talking about Crystal and Sutton. Like, I was so team Crystal, and like now I just feel like. She's like light, like like in the attention of like all this drama, and so she's like prolonging it while saying she doesn't want to be prolonging it. Yeah, whatever. We'll get into it. We'll in get the into TV it. Recap. But no, I had a lot to say about it, and then I also watched Siesta Key, which is just like such a good show right now because they made the most of COVID, and they're still in the Grenadines. Right. And every week, like new people come to the island, it's and like it's Bachelor it's, in Paradise. No, literally, it's Bachelor in Paradise, but it's all like former enemies love that of theirs and Kara do you remember Kara nose job nose job Kara who never got a fair shake on the show to begin Agreed. with who like she showed up and everyone decided to be mean with her mean to her without even giving her a just chance just because she was with Garrett because she was with Garrett and she was like friends with Alex and then Chloe was like like kind of egging her on to like be mean to the other girls and I just felt like she never got a, a fair chance and I always like felt RDH about, about the her. way it went down for her and now she's back and I'm so glad. I'm so behind on CSTK, so I will very much look forward to... I only watched the first two episodes this season. I've got to get my shit together. So I'm looking forward to hearing the recap from your mouth 
to Juliet's ears. Yeah, to God's ears. Same thing. God loves CST. God loves Juliet. <laughs> um, so we have a lot to do today, and I'm just feeling excited, you know? I'm heading to Vegas. That's so exciting. And I'm just, like, actually so excited to, like, be in a casino, like, smell the cigarettes. Like, I'm just, I can't wait. Are you going to gamble? Of course. I mean, I don't have a lot of time. I'm literally in Vegas for, like, 17 hours, but I, I have a feeling I'll find some time. Yeah. Leave it to me to find time. That's exciting for you. Yeah, I love gambling. You really do. I do. You do, you do. Um, so I feel like we should jump right in because there's actually a lot to cover. Yeah, like mustn't dilly-dally. And we've dilly-dallied long enough. I'll just um, give one update, which is that I finished Malibu Rising. So good. Five stars. Oh. It's really great. I you, just bought it on the Kindle you're gonna love for it. my plane today. It was so good. I also bought the new Sally Hepworth book, Good Sister. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? So if I have time, maybe one on the flight there, one on the flight back. I don't yeah. know. You could, if you, Good Sister is a shorter read. Malibu Rising like felt long, but I didn't want it to end. Also, it's two totally different books, the first half and the second half. Oh, I hate that. No, no, no. Like, it's the same book, but she just like turned it around. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, it's Oh, really I good. understand what you mean. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay, so I think without further ado, going back to saying it, because it's our show and these things make us happy, me at least, and make us special. We are nothing if not special. Right. So without further ado, here are the past five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And I pulled the people. On your Instagram. The people like the quirks. You're so quirky. You are not like other (laughs) girls, like at all. I know. And you know who else isn't like other, other animals? The zebra. <laughs> I tried. Today's episode is brought to you by the zebra. Think about all the purchases you made in quarantine. Pizza deliveries, succulents. Then there's one of your biggest purchases, insurance. Americans overspend on car and home insurance by billions every year, and that's money you could have spent on more retail therapy or, I don't know, Patreon. That's where the zebra can help you. The zebra is the nation's leading insurance company comparison site for car and home insurance. In minutes, you can compare policies from every major provider for free, all in one independent marketplace. After a few questions, the zebra pairs people with the right insurance company for them, helping everyone save time and money. Make insurance the smartest, your smartest purchase yet. Visit thezebra.com slash toast to get your free quote today. Visit thezebra.com slash toast for a free quote. And don't overspend on insurance. There's so many other things like food you could be spending your money on. Seriously, I'll give you a list of things. Oh, she's a laptop girly today? I'm on my laptop today because I forgot to charge my iPad. I figured it was charged and it wasn't. And it just didn't have... It didn't have the strength for the show. We talk about this like every few months. Like, I don't understand why you don't leave your iPad here and just charge it like every time you leave. You take it with you. And of course, you're not going to charge it at home. I do charge it at home. I don't know. But it just, did you? It just feels, I guess I could. Maybe I'll try to start doing that. But I have a system. System works, you know? But the system does fail like this today. Is, yes, but I have my computer, which I also always have. I always have backup a backup plan. plan. And if, if some reason my computer was dead, I would use my phone. Yeah, I when you um, are gone and I have to like be in charge of the show with the co-host, I do all the stories from my phone. And first of all, like chaos, literally, like my eyes get so tired. It's like tiny little font, and it just looks like if you're watching on YouTube, like I'm on my phone the whole time. Hundred percent. It's like I couldn't be interested in what like Taylor Strecker has to say because I'm just like reading texts. No, hundred percent. And I think the laptop looks pretty serious. Like, yeah. Do 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 do. What is she working on? Do 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 do. It's Mr. McCorgy. What's his name? <laughs> Mr. McCorky. Do, 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 do. Pick it up, Kim. Do, 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 do. Hi, Mr. McCorky. Kim, where are you? I'm about to do my show. Kim, fuck your little passion project. We've got villains to slay. Mr. McCorky, I'm so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready for our first story? Like, yes. no more dilly dally. Not unless we're freeing Brittany. Of course we are. It's our first, second, third, fourth, and fifth story. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> 
but it's the big one. Britney Spears' conservatorship case, her full statement is here. Britney Spears spoke before a Los Angeles court on Wednesday, giving a fervent speech on the details of her 13-year conservatorship. In her nearly 30-minute virtual address before an L.A. court and Judge Brenda Penny, the singer spoke out against her father, Jamie Spears, and her management team, saying that she is, quote, traumatized. And her family. She kept referring to her family, kind of implying that, like, she lumps in her dad with her mom and her sisters. Like, I was shook by that. I really was. I was as well. Quote, I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay and I'm happy. I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm depressed. I cry every every day. Shortly after, the singer ended asked to end the 13-year conservatorship, saying, I just want my life back. It's been 13 years and it's been enough. There were so many takeaways from this speech. Like, so many bombshells came out. So many, like, shocking tidbits about what she's been going through and I think the most shocking thing at least for me was the way that she spoke because we're used to this voice she puts on on Instagram it's actually concerning when you see it because it's like oh this person is maybe struggling because she's like talking very strange she was so coherent so articulate like she was not at all like that weird kind of persona she puts on on Instagram and like for me these were the craziest bombshells one, that they put an IUD in her and yeah. she can't get pregnant. Because she said, I just want to live my life. I want to marry my boyfriend and I want to have babies. And I currently can't because someone put an IUD in me. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Two, they put her on lithium, mm-hmm. which is like the strongest drug in the world that she says she does not need. Yeah. Three is that, um, oh, and this was like actually really crazy to me because she has all these meetings every week with like managers and therapists and nurses who she's paying, but she didn't approve. She's like, you have to meet with a therapist. You have to like them. They just make her go to therapy. And if she doesn't, she gets punished. And they make her go to therapy in downtown LA. And then they call the paparazzi. So of course, she leaves a forced therapy session, very emotional. The paparazzi gets pictures of her crying in the middle of downtown LA. And it continues this narrative that Britney's unwell. She needs the conservatorship. Look, she's struggling. When she's like, just can I have the therapist come to my house? And can I get it to be a therapist that I like? Yeah. And can I meet the therapist once a week instead of three times a week? Like, she's not even asking for anything so crazy. I just can imagine, like, how powerless it is to make all this money. And not only do you not have access to it, but other people are spending it on your behalf. Yeah. Like, that's in, infuriating. In, in horrible, awful ways. Yeah. Making you look crazy. Yeah. I can't I can't even imagine there were so many like stories that she shared even like when she was rehearsing for her tour and there was one dance move that she didn't want to do and by the way she said that she choreographs like her whole tour she does the whole thing there was one dance move that she didn't want to do and they were like Britney's being difficult she won't um, comply with what we need her to do and they use that as an excuse and to put her on more medication right and with the dance thing they said that like all the dancers and all the people at the choreography like session were like, Britney's so unwell, like she can't. And then a video, I think maybe Sam took it. It's a video of Britney at that choreography session where she's leading it. She's choreographing the dance and she's showing it to everyone and she's so with it and she looks like she's actually like having a good time. Like there's just, like the conservatorship is problematic for a million reasons, but also uh, what I realized yesterday is like part of the the conservatorship's like biggest mission is to make Britney look bad publicly so that the judge and just the world doesn't think that she should get out of the conservatorship yeah. like it's the best thing for her yeah I, re- I mean this has re- like reached a critical mass spotlight I really hope that the judge and and the court system do right by her like we really like she needs freedom she's not a free person no and, and I just she's proven that she's very capable of, of living being life. in charge of her life yeah and I like the other thing I took away from her whole speech is like, I love Sam Ashkari. Like, he's literally a hero. She can't drive alone with him in a car. Like, she's legally, or conservatorship-wise, not allowed to get in a car with him alone. And I just feel like, I kind of wrote off their relationship because like, I don't know, like I just didn't think much of it. But I actually feel like we've gotten to the place that we're at 
with the help of Sam Ashkari. Like, I think he's really good for her. Yeah, definitely. Also, they would, like, use her kids as, um, like, bait. sort of, like, bait. Yeah, bait to, like, make her do stuff. Like, if you don't do this, you won't be able to see your kids. But then they would put her somewhere and she wouldn't be able to see her kids. And also, like, where is, hashtag where is Kevin Federline? I would absolutely love to hear from him. Yeah. Do you think he's part of the conservatorship? Like, because you have to imagine all these people who are wanting to keep Britney in this conservatorship are benefiting from it financially. Of course her dad is. There's no doubt about that. I, what it seems like is like her whole family is. Maybe Kevin Federline is too. Like, why, why would Kevin Federline participate in that? Like, I don't know. I, I can't imagine he has that much power no, in the situation. Unless he's getting, you know, benefited from the conservatorship so he just does what they say. Yeah. Which I could see being a possibility. Yeah, probably. So it was crazy to hear her speak, like, in a real voice. Yeah. Like, it was that, that was, like, the first big shock to and me. And I think what's even crazier is, like, this whole free Britney thing, up until really yesterday, it's been sort of like a conspiracy mm-hmm. idea. And, you know, there was the case that, like, no, she needs the conservatorship. Britney's okay. Like, everyone is willing to have her. They're protecting her. But then what she shared yesterday, it's actually so much worse yeah. than I think anybody thought. Yeah, me too. At first, I was like, I mean, that sucks, but, like, she's, you know, locked up in her mansion doing art and trying on clothes like how bad could it be but it's really abuse like abuse it's physical abuse putting like drugs in her body that she doesn't consent to putting an iud in her body it's control it's literally like hostage yeah it's crazy it's actually like the craziest pop culture development i feel like of our generation like because it literally all started with the podcast yeah the movement. The mo- yeah, the movement has been very grassroots. But I also feel like the movement and the momentum and the documentary, that gave Britney, like, the strength to speak on it. Like, I feel like if there wasn't this outcry from her fans, from the community, she might have just stayed silent. Yeah, or, like, if there wasn't this huge interest, you know, she would have spoken to a court. But, like, this was a, vir- like a virtual statement that, you know, everyone was sharing mm-hmm. through the internet. Like, this wasn't, like, a broadcasted thing. No, I thought that it was going to be broadcast. I was literally on YouTube looking for the live stream, but it was not. I read the transcript. I but- watched a video. Like, the Free Britney, like, stands were outside the courthouse. And there's, like, a speaker outside the courthouse that lets you hear what's going on inside. And somebody recorded that oh, and wow. put it on Twitter. Wow. That's See, where But, I saw like, it. that's where the movement is so important. Because if, if there was less interest in it, then she just would have given her speech to the court. And the judge, like, like the judge did two years ago, yeah. would have shut her down. But now they can't. It's, it was a 30-minute speech. Yeah. And I wonder, what is the timeline? Like, when do we hear the verdict? I do have, like, a small amount of faith that the, the judge is a woman. I just feel like... Women are more sympathetic. But didn't, it wasn't she saying in the speech that like this was the same, she pleaded with this judge two years ago. Did she? And shared so much of this and, and nothing changed. Do you think the judge has seen like the Free Britney documentary? She probably can't. Like she has to remain completely impartial. I don't know if she's seen the documentary, but I think she'll, she's seen the headlines this morning. Yeah. I mean, it was powerful. Like, I don't know how you could be in the room. Like I, I watched it, a video of a speaker and I was impacted by it. So I don't know how you could be in the room and not like have just enormous sympathy for her. And she's like what her lawyers are asking is not for, you know, a new conservator. Because that's what happened. This woman, Jody, who replaced her dad, ended up being worse. And she's working with the dad. And that's what Bernie said in her speech. She was like, Jody, like you were, there was a good development the last time we reported on it. Like, all right, the conservatorship is still in place. But at least it's not the dad anymore. It's a court appointed Jody. And... What Brittany said is like, Jody's worse than anyone else. She's like, my life is hell. So a new conservator wouldn't even help. Like the conservatorship just got to go. Yes. No, like. It's it's just time. It's time. I agree. It's been 13 years. Like, and you know what? There, a conservatorship is basically like when you don't think a person is able to take care of themselves, someone comes in and, you know, controls it for them. 
First of all, Britney seems fine. And I know people way worse off who are literally in control of their own lives. So it's so stupid. Like So stupid. And also, alone. like, the fact, it, it makes no sense, one plus one equals sock, that she can go on these tours and, and, yes! and, and support all these people. She said this too, like, tours, trucks, buses. Residencies. Residencies. Like, all these things that she's doing, but she can't even take care of herself. But right. she takes care of thousands of people. Right. Sure. She, you know, she sure, does all of that. Sure, Jody. Yeah. Sure, Jody. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. It's like, well, if she's so unwell, how was she literally like the most successful Vegas residency pop star? Like, it actually doesn't make sense. No. That's such a good point, too. And she made that point. She. I just would have loved a little bit of clarification on who runs the Instagram. Because I feel like it's not her. She, if she doesn't have control of her life, she doesn't have control of her Instagram. So she might film content and have to like submit it. And they post it like, la-di-da. Like, <laughs> like thinking they're tricking us, but like we're not. No, not at all. Interesting. It's a crazy development. We'll keep you abreast. I don't know when like a judgment is coming, but I think we're all just really hopeful. And honestly, if, if we don't get like the answer we're looking for, like it's just going to be, it's, it's taken us 13 years to get to this point. And I feel like Britney is going to be broken. Like, I don't see how we don't get the verdict. It's, she's, but, but I, I mean, I know, but like. I don't know what will happen because I really think that now everybody, even people who like weren't interested in this, like are, are now hearing yeah. no human being deserves to be treated this way. No, it's really awful. And honestly, like I just feel like everyone in the, all the lawyers, I just feel like everyone's paid off. And that's what Brittany said. She's like, they, oh no, I was watching, Rose McGowan did a segment on Fox News about it and I actually learned a lot from her. They paid off doctors in the beginning of the conservatorship to say that Brittany had dementia. So can someone in dementia sing literally for two hours straight remember songs from 10 the, years ago? Right. Remember all their lyrics? And that's how they got the conservatorship. So everyone's been paid off. So like, yeah. if it doesn't go the way that, we, that it should, it's because like, it's so corrupt. Yeah. But I think that the spotlight on this... Puts pressure. Puts pressure. And all those like evil forces that work in the dark are now have come to light. Yeah. Well, we are rooting for Brittany constantly. And you know what? Got my gavel. Justice for Chris Crocker. Who? Leave Britney alone. <laughs> He's been talking about the free Britney movement before it was popular. Yeah. Also, He's literally the first free Britney stan. True justice for Britney. Well, of course, yes. In, in the and courts. If and that, if that judge, Brenda, doesn't use her gavel to sway in the cause of justice like this, I'll be very upset. Yeah. And she doesn't deserve to hold this sacred mallard. No. Mallard or mallet? Sacred mallet. Right? Well, I have my computer today. Mallard is that thing from Sex in the City that are all over Trey and... Um, mallet is what we are. And a mallard is like those duck things that are, you know, in Charlotte and Trey's apartment. I'm Bunny looking. decorates it with all those ducks. Oh, yeah. A it's mallard. A, it's a duck. Yeah. It's a kind of duck. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I actually just watched an episode of Sex in the City about the mallards, so that's why it's, I said mallard yesterday, too. Got it. You were close. I'm so smart. Like, it's <laughs> disgusting. Okay, are you ready for our next story? Some other I mean, no. I, I honestly, like, I feel like we, once we stop talking about Free Britney, like, we lose our momentum, but we do have to move on. I just want to say, like, we support the Free Britney movement and what's going on in our justice system is a disgrace. Disgrace. Towards the judicial branch of this government. Disgrace towards the word justice. Literally. Okay, but our next story is also some big news of the day. Scooter Braun did a profile yes. in Variety talking about his illustrious career from, you know, his beginnings till now. And he was asked a question about Taylor Swift. And that's every headline in the news today. Yeah, exactly, because I read the article. And honestly, like, if you can separate the Scooter Braun from the Taylor Swift, like, what Scooter Braun has built business-wise is arguably one of the most impressive, impressive businesses in Hollywood. He just got 
acquired for a billion dollars by a Japanese company. His company is not even just talent management, it's merch, it's art of virtual reality. It's actually so impressive. And like the only thing people care about from this article is the Taylor Swift of it all, because honestly, they're just contradicting each other. Like, how can it be one plus one equals sock? Like, Scooter never reached out to me. I reached out to Taylor multiple times. Which is it? Yeah. So in a new profile for Variety, the 40-year-old music mogul maintained that he offered Swift every opportunity to buy back his masters, her masters, and said that he's sad about how his acquisition of Taylor Swift's masters recordings went over with the singer. He said, I regret and it makes me sad that Taylor had that reaction to the deal. All of what happened has been very confusing and not based on anything factual. I don't know what story she was told. I asked for her to sit down with me several times, but she refused. I offered to sell her the catalog back and went under NDA, but her team refused. It all seems very unfortunate. I feel like this is and like now, a little bit of like gaslighting. Like, I'm sorry that it went that way. And he said like, you know, me and Taylor had only met a few times before this. And it was like very civil. Well, that's like really gaslighting. Because like, let's talk about like the public thing. Like, you know, the screenshot with Kanye, Justin Bieber. Like there was the more FaceTime. than the FaceTime. Yeah, there was more than just like a few casual meetings. Like you can't understand. You might not agree, but you can't understand why Taylor doesn't like you. Yeah, he. but when he said the thing, like, offered to go sell her the catalog and wanted to go under NDA, because that's what you do when, like, you're going into an agreement, it harks back to when she said in November 2020 that he requested she sign an NDA that would silence her forever. Yeah. And that's where two things can be true, just from two different people's point of view. There was an NDA on the table. Taylor saw it as silencing her forever. Scooter saw it as the introduction to a business deal. That's true, actually. Like perspective it's so i think both of their povs can be rooted in what actually happened but like anything else they see it differently yeah honestly like i didn't really care about this the taylor parts of the article because like i stand with my girl taylor like whatever she tells me i believe like i really do but i think what what people are missing from this article is like his business is so impressive. And he got acquired for a billion dollars, to which he profited about 400 million. And he gave over 40 people like millions of dollars in from stock. the deal in yeah. stock. One, he gave it to like Justin Bieber and Ariana, who like really built the company. Like, if it weren't for them, he wouldn't have much credibility. He gave it to like certain people at the company who started with him, people who like were early employees. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, really cool. I think if you read the article, you'll have it. If you've only heard about Scooter Braun, like from the Taylor Swift Masters drama, I think you'll have a whole new world of context around him as a business person. And I think in the saga between him and Taylor, I think that it was a, a feather in his cap. You know, what, what oh, you think? one point for Scooter. Yeah, I mean, Taylor's obviously like in the public narrative has won this argument. Scooter is the villain. He stole her mm -hmm. masters. And I think that the article as a whole is just one one small win for Scooter. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do think this is all part of, and he says, like, the journalist asked him, like, you became, like, this villain. Like, does it bother you what people think about you? And his answer was, like, very generic. Like, with you know, with success comes, you know, all different types of perceptions about you and controversy, which is true. But I do think he's deeply bothered by, like, the, the, the narrative that's been said about him because he probably believes it to not be true. Yeah, also, I think for, like, up until the Taylor Swift stuff, like, he was very, like, a B2B guy. Like, if you're in the industry, you know yes. Scooter Braun, like, you have so much respect for him. And, like, the Taylor Swift stuff made him, like, so B2C, like, everyone. He and, was a celebrity. And his, like, public-facing self now is just associated with this, like, that's master's That's so true. Drama. People don't even think about, like, the, the business, like, what he did for, like, the 10 years before Taylor Swift drama. Yeah. And also, I mean, I do think it's interesting how so many of 
his clients have such wonderful things to say about him. When I, I read this story yesterday and then I read the Britney transcript and her talking about like her sh- shitty management team. And I was like, I think she needs to be managed by Scooter. Well, that's what Scooter said about the Taylor thing. He was like, it meant a lot to me that all the people like Demi and Ariana, Justin, they all stood by him. And he feels like that was validation for him that like he was right. And honestly, like that's, that's fair, but I stand with Taylor. <laughs> Okay. But I still have respect for the business. Yeah. It's it's actually, if the article is super interesting. If you like, if you hate Scooter, like you're just going to hate it. But if you're interested in the business of Hollywood, it's super interesting. Yeah. And it, how he got acquired. And this, I forget his name, but like the, the CEO of the Japanese company that acquired him, like became his mentor to him and gave him like such great pieces of advice. And it was actually an interesting article from that. I didn't even care about the Taylor stuff because honestly, I'm really not interested in hearing any other side than Taylor's. Like I just stand with Taylor. Like, I believe what she said happened, and I believe Taylor. Okay. Um, also, I thought that another interesting thing that he said, because they asked about Justin Bieber going back on tour, because, like, his last, his t- two tours ago, he canceled 14 shows. The tour yeah. before. Didn't got, sell. Got canceled because of COVID. No, also, so they said, literally, it was arenas, and then they, like, downgraded to stadiums, and then, thankfully, like, COVID was a good excuse for them. They're like, oh, we just have to cancel all of them. That, like, doesn't make sense to me, because Justin Bieber But is- think about before the pandemic. Like, he was in a weird place, and literally during the pandemic, it was bop after bop after yeah. bop. And I would not miss a Justin Bieber concert right now. Yeah. A year ago, like, you couldn't pay me. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, he talked about how, like, him being with Haley on tour. Oh. Like, because they were like... I didn't well, get... I didn't they read were, the whole article. He doesn't, because Justin doesn't have a good experience with touring, really. Yeah. So they were like, what will be different for the next tour? Like, how... What makes you sure that, like, it's going to go well? And he was like, well, he has Haley by his side now, like, someone who really has his back. And, yeah. like, he's going to be with him at every single stop. And, yeah. like, that she's just a really good partner for him so I thought that was really nice I saw the purpose tour with like the trampolines I mean it was stunning but like he was jumping around on a trampoline and like was not singing I saw the one I think it was probably purpose it's the Chris like is that the his first like Christian-ish album yeah I loved that album yeah I saw it recently like five years ago so I think it was purpose it was good but he wasn't singing yeah no he was jumping around on a trampoline yeah okay ready for our next story only if it's the next story that's brought to you by Noom it is. When it comes to losing weight, there's a lot of pressure to find out. To, sorry, there's a lot. Let me start again. I had a little burp. When it comes to losing weight, there's a lot of pressure out there to label foods as good or bad. But that just creates unnecessary dilemmas. Noom is here to change how we see food with a psychology-based approach that looks at what you eat, but also how you eat. Instead of making you feel guilt or regret, Noom empowers you to keep going. You don't need rules to lose weight, just the knowledge and wisdom to help you build smarter, more sustainable habits. Noom's cognitive behavioral approach helps you unlearn bad habits and better understand your relationship with food. One size does not fit all. One size does not fit all. Choose your goals and Noom will personalize a weight loss program just for you. 80% of Noom users finish the program and over 60% have stuck with their goals for at least a year. You have been on the Noom living the noom life for a really long time now. yeah for a few years now and what's your favorite part my favorite part is just the consistency of it it just really feels like even no matter how far you stray like noom is always there it's never too late to get back on noom and to let them know what you've been up to like noom and noom doesn't judge yeah which is my favorite thing unlike me like they know they know that you're living too yeah girls gotta eat (laughs) start building better habits for healthier long-term results sign up for your trial at noom.com slash toast. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash toast. Thank you for that, Claudia. You are 
unbelievably welcome. Okay, next story. Netflix gives a two-season order to the dating show Sexy Beasts with Catastrophe star Rob Delaney as the narrator. Great, like literally moronic shows left, right, and center. No season two of The Society. I will never stop bringing it up. Right, we get two seasons of Sexy Beasts, which is actually just like the masked dater. It's where, the masked singer meets Love is Blind. Yeah, where these people are going on dates in elaborate masks. Like, not just like, you know, a face mask. Like No, it's the masked singer. It's, it's like, mas- it's, they look like mascots. It's like prosthetics and yeah. everything. If you watch the trailer, it's like so ridiculous. It actually looks like that commercial for that yes where that girl, match.com the girl is Ryan going Reynolds, on dates with um 2020 devil. the devil and satan and 2020 are going on a date together that's what it is yes exactly that's what the trailer for the show looks like and now it's coming to netflix it has two seasons which these singles heading into blind dates transformed into various animals and mythical creatures through the use of hollywood movie prosthetics the show is based on lion tv's original british series for the digital bbc3 in 2014 can i tell you why it sounds stupid because Love is Blind, for me, why we loved it so much and the whole world loved it, one, because it was quarantine and we had nothing to do. No, actually, it was not no, quarantine. It was, it was before. I take that back. Why we liked it so much was because it was finally, like, a serious dating show. Like, The Bachelor's become so, like, like kitschy. Like, Love is Blind was so real. We got Amber and Barnett. Like, we really developed real relationships from it. And it was a journey and it was, like, a crazy experiment. But it was still very serious. Lauren and Cameron, like... There were, and this just feels like it's doing the love is blind template, but taking the seriousness out of it. It's so ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll have like real couples from it. And I think because it's Netflix, they have the time to really like develop these relationships. And based on the trailer, like it looks like people maybe fall in love. But just like, how can you watch this with a straight face? No, I know. And like, honestly, what's really getting me like all bent out of shape about it is how they just like kind of with this dumb idea like strolled into two seasons and we couldn't even I'm I'm sorry I'm never going to stop bringing it up like why we couldn't get a second season of the society it's so disgraceful like the society was literally I want to say like one of the smartest best most compelling shows of our generation for young for the young sect yeah yeah no I think old people like it too it's fascinating such an interesting concept. Great acting. Yeah, no, it, it was so good. And I just, I agree. We can confirm two seasons of this, but we couldn't confirm two seasons of this. Society. And I think they actually did confirm two seasons of the society. And then like after it launched and everyone loved it, they decided to take the second one away. Like, I just want to know what happened. Like, who COVID, did, did Catherine Newton piss off? Like, no, what it, happened? It, be, it was one of the COVID casualties. And I think that like Netflix, I think they made the wrong choice. And I'm still holding out hope that they will correct what they did. Or like someone pick it up. Like, it's just, it's really not okay. And the no, way it's they like left Netflix us, is what picks up shows that were like unrightfully canceled. And if they had said it was just a one season kind of thing, like Queen's Gambit, and like the end was left up to interpretation, like we could have, you know, lived with that. But the fact that they giveth and then taketh away, that's what most hurt me. No, it hurts so bad. And then it hurts more when you see this idiocy shit like this. Yeah, moronic. I'll probably watch it, but still. Maybe. No, honestly. The only thing is that Netflix actually does a really good job at reality shows. Right. And like, I don't even watch The Circle because I watched the first episode and I thought it was like kind of silly. People love it. Like, yeah. people really do love these like stupid. And even I thought The Masked Singer was such a dumb fucking idea the first time I saw it. I'm like, this is not going to last. It is a cultural phenomenon. So like, maybe we're wrong, but it looks so stupid. Like, I really can't do this today. Like, it's a lot. Like, yes. it's a lot. I agree. Like, I'm dealing with Britney. Like, I'm dealing with a lot. And then you have to see like. This moronic lunacy. Yeah. I agree. And, and actually, if you watch the trailer, which you should, like, it really looks like an SNL parody of a show. Yes. Like, the masked dater. Like, a joke. When is Selling Sunset coming back? 
I hopefully soon. Do you see Chriselle bought a three million dollar house? Like, yes, Chriselle. No, I didn't. Where is it? It's so nice. Honestly, it looks nicer than like one Justin Hartley might be able to afford. You know. Where is it? Plus, they were living in the valley before. Mm-hmm. Is it in the valley? Um, I'm really not clear on the geography of LA. Like, to me, the whole thing is Beverly Hills. But, like, that's just not true. I'm not clear on it either. But Selling Sunset got me to a clearer place, which is, like, there are the hills, which, like, wrap around a million times. I know the hills. They're literal hills. And then hills. also, like, in, if you're just thinking of geography, like, where there is a hill, there's most likely a valley. valley. Oh, my God, that's such a good call. But, like, when I used to watch TV shows, like, okay, share. When her dad called her and she was at a party in the valley, he was like, are you in the valley? Like, the valley Sounds was like bad. Sounds like Kuwait. <laughs> yeah. Literally. And then, like, in Entourage, they had to, like, go down to the valley, and it was um, a power outage, and they were so hot, and they went to that party. Like, the valley's always, like, considered bad. But now, like, all the Vanderpump Rules kids live in Valley Village. Like, no, I'm just confused. That's why if you watch Selling Sunset, and Chriselle became their, like, valley ambassador, the valley's really coming up. And you can get a little bit more land. I think it's great for families. So she probably moved to the valley. If you want to just Google Chriselle Staff's house, it's so nice. Like, the backyard looks like a farm chemin dream. Like, so much open air, like, views, That's, a pool. like, very valley-ish. Yeah, she probably does live in the valley. She couldn't be, like, the valley spokesperson for the Oppenheim group and not live in the valley. A hundred percent. I think she was really passionate about the valley. I don't think she was putting on and who better than us understands passions hollywood hills <gasps> disgrace absolute disgrace that's really upsetting oh my yeah. god this house is fucking stunning i know right and she did it all by herself like i'm actually really happy for her wow she I'm, got that dancing with the stars money that's selling sunset netflix money i'm really excited for the next season of selling sunset because christine is just yeah the most I'm, interesting woman i'm gonna need marion roman like not to return <laughs> in order to make the show watchable but I agree. what the show giveth christine christine yeah they no. taketh away mary i totally agree okay are you ready for our next story it's like some random news sure <laughs> wow way to sell it <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> like jerry seinfeld is doing a pop tarts origin movie for netflix but we still don't get society season two <laughs> <laughs> wait what Jerry's what pop tarts are origin story. It's not a cartoon. It's a snack. It, he's doing like a show about how they got their star. Jerry Seinfeld is set, set to star, write, direct, and produce a pop tarts origin story inspired by one of his routines. Okay, now Netflix, is it animated? Netflix has acquired the rights to the comedy feature film Unfrosted, which will tell the story of the invention of the sugary breakfast pastry. Oh. The invention of Pop-Tarts. I don't think my father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, would be too happy to hear about this. Yeah. Okay. I just want to say, it sounds incredibly stupid, but like, so did B-Movie. And that movie was so compelling, I literally cried. B-Movie sounded stupid? I don't think so. A movie about bees? Yeah, it did. And Jerry Seinfeld literally knocked that shit out of the park. Better than any episode of Seinfeld I've ever seen in my life. Sorry, I said it. And I'm I'm honestly not going to knock this until I at least see a trailer. Yeah. I don't know how many people, like, need to hear the story of, like, how the Pop-Tart was invented, but, like, I really, I think it could be good. If it's, like, scripted, like, a show, that sounds cool. If it's going to be, like, all those shows on Food Network, which is, like, how, you know, they, on Food Network, they're always doing, like, little documentary episodes about, like, how... Unwrapped. Food, unwrapped, yeah. That's the, the best show yeah. ever. If this is going to be unwrapped, like, I'm good. But if it's going to be, like, a scripted fiction I think it is. That's show, what it sounded like. That sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is this story worth telling? I don't know the origin of Pop-Tarts. But you know what story is worth telling? The second season of The Society. <laughs> um, wait, I had one more thing to say about this moronic idea. And that was, what were we talking about? Pop-Tarts. Pop-tarts Jerry Seinfeld. A little bit earlier. Unwrapped. Yeah, right before that. Society. Right before that. 
B-movie. B-movie. Seinfeld. Yeah. Comedians in Cars? No. When are we getting another season of that? I don't know. I don't know. It looks like they could use some fresh I, comedians. I need, a, I need another season of that because sometimes I forget that um, comedy is more personal than food. And it's so important <laughs> that Jerry reminds you that all the time. All the time. Honestly, I don't think this is such a bad idea. Like, I might watch this. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, you never know. I've watched worse things, you know? Yeah. I watched The Big Shop with Bethany. <laughs> like, I can handle anything. <laughs> Justice okay. for that show was so good. Well, speaking of comedians and cars getting coffee, our fifth and final story is a new study that's great news for coffee lovers. Oh, you know me. Obsessed. Yeah. Coffee lovers are almost 50% less likely to die from chronic liver disease, a new study says. So dark. Like, Turns out that extra coffee might end up saving your life. So it's good that you're on the coffee grind now, Claudia. I feel like... Since, oh, I remember what I was going to say. <laughs> I remember. It's so random. Like, it honestly makes no sense. I don't even want to say it. But now you have to. So, like, in the, like, fifth grade, do you remember, like, having to do a project where, like, everyone had to do, like, a whole origin story on how something was invented? You know, everyone, like, did the light bulb or, like, something like the microwave. I chose, and this has to do with Pop-Tarts, I chose, and I don't know why, I chose the, um, the waffle cone. <laughs> Like, I wanted to figure out, like, who invented the waffle cone. And what made it so difficult is, like, there's actually a really kind of confusing origin story on the waffle cone. And um, it's actually not even clear. Like, there's rumors that it happened at a World Fair. Like, somebody took a waffle, put it in a cone. There's really no confirmation on how it actually started. But the whole point of the project is to detail the origin story of a certain product. Um, And then my teacher called my parents and I got in trouble for choosing the... um, waffle cone and I had to go with the light bulb so I just think I hope Jerry doesn't run into that problem (laughs) with the pop tarts I think that he probably has it down pat hopefully it's clear like yeah but I can imagine that you should have just gone with who invented the waffle yeah no I just like wanted to I'm not like other girls so I just wanted to be creative and like everyone was doing like such obvious like the kite like we know is Benjamin Franklin you know like no he didn't invent the kite. He invented the electricity with the kite. You know what I mean? Like, everyone was just doing, like, textbook idiocy. Like, the phone. Alexander Graham Bell. Duh. Like, we knew that. I just wanted to be different because I've never been like other girls. And I chose the waffle cone. And it, literally, this project, like, tortured me in the fifth grade, like, for months. I could see why. You should have either chosen, like, the waffle or the ice cream cone. I just wish that there was an episode of Unwrapped that would have detailed how the waffle cone got started so I could have just plagiarized it from my paper. Yeah. Well, if you had figured it out and you enjoyed a waffle cone, you should have had a cup of coffee with it. Well, so that's what else what I was going to say. I just feel like there's all these studies. Like, I've been reading, I've been hearing about studies. It's always on the local news. And they, like, never come true. Like, it's, like, projection. No, it's, like... I agree. Don't live your life based on this one study. But if you're currently a coffee drinker, like that's good news for you. Like don't don't be so worried about your habit. No, I'm I'm not worried at all. I just like I, I refuse you. to live my life by these studies. Like I really do, and they're just yeah, constantly. You have to live your life for you. Yeah, and not for the scientists. No, and no, you like if you want a cup of coffee, have one. If you don't, don't. Cheers. But now that you're joining the coffee club, I figured you want to hear this bit of good news that you're doing something for your health. It's good because pretty much everything else I do in my life. Um, chips away at my health. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 26 with the body of definitely like a 97 year old based on just like how much I drink and like don't sleep and eat like an animal. So that's good. Yeah. It's always good to hear you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. So congrats, Claude. Thank you. I, the scientists really did this one for me, I feel like. Yeah. The scientists and their studies, you know. So that was the fifth and final story. And I definitely feel as though you needed to know most of them. Yeah. No, you needed to know most of them. Um, let's dive into the TV recap segment, which is brought to you by... 
Hair food. Hair food offers simple superfood inspired products that will make your hair look and feel amazing. Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, hair food has a recipe for you. In addition to their beloved nourishing coconut milk and chai spice collection, you've gotta try some of their new recipes. The apple cider vinegar hair rinse is perfect for days when your hair needs a gentle cleanse before conditioning. I literally need to do that when I get home. The turmeric and almond oil detangling milk takes care of the most stubborn knots and it reduces frizz because detanglers are not just for children. The shea butter and pear color repair concentrate makes overprocessed hair look vibrant and healthy. They all smell so good and they are certified PETA cruelty free. So if you're looking for nourished, healthy hair, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target. The results are legit. My hair has been, the detangler is truly working miracles on my hair and the, um, Apple cider vinegar hair rinse is so good for your hair. Like it really detoxes all the crap out of it. Amazing. Products. Thank you for that, Claude. You're welcome. Let's talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because we finally got to hear from Erica exactly what's been going on. I agreed with the women that she definitely had like a much lighter spirit to her. But if I didn't know all that I know now, I would have felt last night's episode was so interesting, so sad. She's so brave. She's so courageous. Oh, her new house is so sad. I know what I, knowing what I know now from the housewife and the hustler and just like what's been going on in the news, like, I couldn't even watch this performance. Like, acting like they got divorced for any other reason besides the lawsuits is so inauthentic, and it's such a lie. But I do feel like for her own court appearances, like, she has to keep it up, the story that she, they got divorced. And I like how she admitted that she actually released it on election day to try yeah. and bury it. Like, I appreciate the transparency. No, I appreciate that, too. I don't know, like, I feel like we said this season, like, she needs to explain to us what happened. There's still some, like... there's still some wiggle room for her to let us know that she didn't know but I feel like until the lawsuits become a subject on the show she's not going to bring them up so until we get there like I still can't believe fully but I felt like we got way more last night than I expected to considering it's Erica and how much like legality is going Mm -hmm. on behind it and I'm really really curious is all and also like I don't know just some things weren't really adding up because like she I feel like every time, I mean, obviously, of course, if you're in a marriage and like you guys are together, you're not going to always talk about like the negative things. But I felt like for so long, it seemed like they had the best marriage. Like Tom was her biggest cheerleader. Well, and so for now her to say that like she, he treated her like an employee, mm-hmm. I can like, it just is so incongruous with everything that we, that we saw. Well, I had forgotten about Erica's first season where Tom was actually pretty active on the show and they gave us a few clips. He used to like snap at everybody. I forgot about that. Oh my God. I, I don't know. I completely, I had, I had never, chilling. I had never seen that before when they played the footage of like him snapping at Lisa Vanderpump. I remember that, but I don't remember him snapping at Erica. I was like, what? Did we ever see that? Because that's not the time that ever came through on the show. He has been rehabilitated image-wise on the last few seasons. After his first season, they took him out and only showed him like once a season. And he was so supportive, helping her sign her Broadway contract, inviting the ladies over to their parlor and giving them drinks and telling funny stories about Aaron Brockovich. I, like, never, I never knew that his image on the show needed to be rehabilitated. You don't I remember never, that first season? No, no, I don't remember him ever coming off badly. Oh, I do. And when he snapped at them, I'm like, Oh, that's the man on the phone. That's the voicemail guy. Yes. yes. That's sociopath Tom. I remember I, I remember it happening, but I had completely forgotten about it until they flashed back. And it was a gentle reminder that like he's actually a bad person. Yeah. It, uh, that was crazy. I had completely forgotten about that. Her new house is, is nice for someone, but like going from the palace to the palisades or whatever, like it is uh, a huge shift. And honestly... Her assistant and Mickey or Mikey, whatever his name is, um, being like, oh, my God, it's gorgeous. Like, they're being very supportive and nice. Like, oh, my God, it's going to be stunning. It's yeah. like, girl, it's a rental. 
Um, no, I thought the house was really cute. And also, like, given if this were just, you know, she's leaving her super wealthy husband and this is her new house. Like, it, that's not what it is. It's like she's leaving the fucking scandal of the century. Like, yeah. she'd rather be in this house than in a prison cell. She's fleeing. And this is, like, supposed to be a temporary thing. And I think that if it weren't for the lawsuits, this would be the place that she would chill at until she gets her settlement. Camille Grammer style. And then gets to spend her money how she pleases. But there's no money to get. Like, she would... She'd, if they just got divorced, Thomas said he had, at one point he had $80 million and now he doesn't have anything. Yeah. So I don't know what Erica's going to do financially if she gets out of this. I think that, I think she, well, if she gets out of it, one, like legally and also, I don't know, there's so much that has to happen before, before the judgment is made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just like taking every piece of information, like adding it to the puzzle, the the board of of trying to understand the housewife and the hustler. Mm -hmm. And I felt like. We need more information for sure. Yeah, we need more information. I just. I don't know, because it's like if, if for 20 years, like their relationship was this way of like him treating her like an employee and like con- so condescending, even though that's not what it seemed like. But then why leave now? Right. If you say you were going to hold this man's hand till he died and it's always been this way. And why, no did offense, you, why did you leave today? That's that moment could potentially be around the corner. He's very old. Well, and apparently, according to the courts, he has dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. So it's just all very confusing. And there's so many lies. And all the women are believing what Erica says because they don't know what we know yet. So it's like frustrating. It's like, ask more questions. No, but that's why I'm waiting for the Lion Air suit to become public in real time. Because we do have that scene of Dury talking about the orphans and widows. And we do have the scene of Garcelle asking Erica, like, is that why you got divorced? I think we'll get there in time. It's just moving a little slowly for me okay and then for me for the rest of the episode I actually found that to be like slightly more interesting just because like this Erica stuff knowing what I know now it's like girl you could lie and say like he didn't tell you he loved you like that's not why but I found this Sutton and Crystal thing to be so interesting because I really sided with Crystal and Tahoe because like Sutton is weird and I can imagine her coming into a group and like Sutton's just being weird Crystal's dragging it out so much and then like complaining that it's still happening when it's like literally still happening because you won't stop talking about it and I really feel like I disagreed a lot with Garcelle last week, but I thought this week Garcelle was really very poignant. Like, okay, Sutton was acting weird. She wasn't being mean to anyone in touch. She was just having like a few off days. And so for Crystal to call her manic and crazy is like so dramatic and you just shouldn't be calling other women that. And then when Sutton pointed out like those words are so triggering for her because her dad committed suicide, which she had conveyed to Crystal. I'm like, you know what? You're actually right. Like Crystal's being way dramatic. No, I was glad to see Sutton standing up for herself because I think in Tahoe she like realized like, oh, her crazy is showing, like, I'm just gonna, you know, apologize and we're gonna try and smooth this over. But then, like, when the word violated started being thrown around, it became, like, so much bigger than it needed to be. And then Sutton, like, really stood her ground. I was happy to see her do that because it was so unnecessary, the whole thing. And I agree. The whole time I was, like, on Crystal's side because I feel like in that situation, like, I can imagine feeling like Crystal. You would be the Crystal. I really, really would. And I would 100% be Sutton. And I would feel so fucking awkward but they need to move on. Yeah, and I really feel like Sutton has. Like, Sutton has not... She was glad that she accepted her apology. Sutton hasn't been speaking about it to anyone. And there's just, like, a million clips of, like, Crystal. She's like, well, I'll ask. I'm going to answer. Well, if you really wanted to get past it, if somebody asked you, you would say, honestly, we've gotten past it and I don't want to rehash it. Like, that's yeah. a very normal thing to say. Like, and it, or, like, it wasn't a big deal. But, like, I can imagine if Dorit... The way she described what happened to Dorit... So dramatic. What happened while she was talking to Dorit. If Dorit were to watch the scene, like, that's not the the... That's she, not she the dramatized. Same story. She dramatized, and she like Sutton said one thing 
But Crystal was like, she said something. She made me feel weird. As if these were all separate things. But it was just the one thing that she said that made her feel weird that was, like, awkward. Yeah, and Crystal was definitely, you know, completely valid in her feelings the next morning. And I sided with Crystal because Sutton was being weird. But Sutton apologized immediately. Is doing her best to move forward. And Crystal, like, won't let it go. Yeah. And she keeps complaining that everyone's still talking about it. It's like, you! You are still talking about it. Yeah. So that's where my focus for the episode was. Um, I thought the evening at Crystal's looked so lovely and it was so nice to see all the women devouring food because I feel like this group really doesn't eat and they were like living for the dumplings and they looked so good. They, lo- they looked really good. I was starving watching the episode, <laughs> like so hungry. Um, but and- other than that, like nothing else really happened. This whole Kyle and Dorit thing, I, I honestly don't even want to talk about because it it's so stupid and Kyle's so wrong. I'm like, yeah, and I'm glad she changed her tone. Yeah. From if you want to be my friend, you can't speak to me like that. Shut up. Like, seriously, I hate when people say that. Like, don't talk to me that way. It's like, I'm, I'm going to talk to you however the fuck I want. Like, I hate when people say that, especially when Dorit, like, literally didn't say anything crazy. No, not at all. So that's that on that. Siesta Key. Siesta Key. Okay, so people are coming to the island and... What I mean, I'm really enjoying the coward stuff. I need some more people to forgive her. Juliet has forgiven her because oh, yeah. also like Juliet can't fight this war on so many fronts. Juliet needs allies. And I can like, I really appreciate that she knows that. And so I'm really enjoying the friendship between Kara, Juliet, and Madison is also cool with Kara too. Um, Kelsey had her swimwear photo shoot and it just like got really sad because, oh, everyone, no. because like everyone was like fighting and the sun was going down and like she wasn't getting all the shots that Did she Did you needed. get your JMP label bathing suit? I got my JMP the label bathing suit I sent Claudia a picture sexy bikini photo I sent Claudia like a sexy bikini shot and it is so good really and the material is really good and it like holds everything I was really impressed I'm gonna wear it this weekend and I just felt like it was really it could work for anybody Love I that. really really do so I was really impressed with JMP the label and I'll ta- I'll like post pictures this weekend Sexy. if I feel it myself you yeah, know yeah, yeah. like a bikini pic is a scary so scary thing. <laughs> a scary scary thing um, don't commit don't commit to the bikini yeah. pic no but like I'll, maybe I can finesse something face <laughs> dude a strong yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what else happened Julian and Sam are really cute and again he's like so unnatural on camera which we love to see love to see a humble man yeah we really do and I guess it's like I'm trying to think what else happened Juliet's upset that like Kelsey is like using the trip to do her photo shoot that is annoying for her bathing suit and like the more that I think about it I really wish that Juliet and Kelsey could have gotten along and launched just one swimsuit line together Together. because it would have been like the siesta key swimmer like it would have been amazing but they just you know maybe there'll be a merger in the future I don't think so they're like so against each other but also Kelsey really like I feel like for so many seasons she was just sort of like happy to be the supporting actor and like she just woke up and is like I am the The main character I actually really see that and I completely agree and that's always the worst type of reality star the one who thinks that they're the star when they're so clearly not but she's like she has she's doing everything like she's she's taking it on sure sure she could be pop like she's never going to be Juliet well Juliet is the full-time narrator now like remember in the beginning every episode it was Was someone by someone else and now it's totally Juliet also Chloe has quit the show yes which I haven't really noticed her absence I feel like she was always fanning the flames of drama which is why she wanted to quit because she didn't know how to stop doing that and was making her like a toxic person um and it is for the best because like I just want to see these things develop the way that they normally would because these Without people are someone, so yeah. like crazy and interesting they don't need to manufacture drama mm-hmm. 
So glad to see Kara back. I hope that she can make amends with more people. She's doing like a pretty good job so far. And like every time she goes to apologize to someone, she's like so, you know, like kind of humbling herself in earnest. But like the minute she gets pushback, she just turns into such a bitch. I feel that 100%. No, it's like, okay, I tried. No, and it's you. like, listen, don't mistake my humility for weakness. Like I'm just trying to move on. And if you can't, like, fuck you. Yeah. I uh-huh. fully respect that. <laughs> um, all right, so good. I really need to catch up on that. Maybe I'll download it on my ipad it's really um it's really good this season and this island situation is just such a good idea yeah well that's our show unfortunately it's our final show of the week so we'll be back monday with you know hopefully some good news in the free britney movement and hopefully um some mindful news and if you want more content from us you can always head to patreon.com because there's so much content there ready and willing to get you through the weekend so thank you guys so much for listening to the morning toast the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every monday through friday on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found so that's spotify itunes stitcher public radio iHeartRadio, Castbox, all the places so wherever you listen to podcasts find us morning toast leave a five-star review about how beautiful stunning and smart we are have an amazing weekend you guys we'll see you on monday bye bye